Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Moore and her guests as they discuss cosmic creating and the path to reclaiming our power as cosmic creators. Library computer, data being received. To go where too few have gone before. Welcome to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Moore. This is a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. And you are live. Thank you, Nancy, and welcome everybody to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. Here we are on February the 10th, 2018, and this year is already flying by. It's unbelievable to think how quickly the last month went. And um, my name is Jan Moore. I'm your host. I'm the Success Alchemist at Unstoppable You Academy. And it's my mission to bring you interesting, fascinating, wonderful guests to spread the message of cosmic creating and empower you all out there to really take charge of your life and create the life that you want to live. And it's also my mission to provide a channel for these wonderful people to get their powerful and important message out to the world. So today I'm really excited to welcome Monique Hill also known as Mons Hill, and Monique is an astrologer, numerologist, and an energy healer. She's studied numerous metaphysical modalities and has been awake since childhood and was activated by the 1111 gateway at the time of the harmonic convergence in the late 80s, and much later on from that became an ordained minister. Monique has remembered past incarnations and with years of meditation and yogic practices has activated her light body, Merkaba, and is connected and in communication with her galactic family. She practices as an energy healer, grid worker and teacher on the east coast of Australia. So she's got up really early to be with us today, five o'clock her time. Uh, and she's also a first waiver active ground crew. She's a volunteer for the awakening and the ascension of Gaia and humanity. Monique loves nature with third generation Aboriginal descendants. She also supports those with the need to release addictive practices. She also loves singing, dancing and music and has been performing on stage since she, since a young child. She is turned on by life and its abundance and loves sailing, watching movies and chilling out. And she's given me a whole long list of things to talk about on the show. So I'm, I have no doubt we'll be able to easily fill the two hours that we'll be talking. So, Monique, welcome. Hello, Jen. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you. And how are you? I'm really good. I'd like to say hello to all your listeners. And I'd also like to... Send a big hug of love out to uh, anyone listening on the replay too. Lovely. Thank you. And I want to start, as I, as I usually do, is kind of a history of how you've got to, to this place now. I mean, the, the intro for you has so much in there, I hardly know where to start. So 
you you told me in as one of the first things about you that you had a karmic and fated life being born with birth and life path numbers eight and four. So can you explain this for yes, our listeners? Sure, Jen. There's not too many of us around that uh, choose the eight four uh, life path karmic numbers, uh, eight being fate and karma and four being fate and karma. Um, I didn't even find this out until later later on in my life when I came across uh, one of Linda Goodman's older books. Now, Linda's passed away now, most of the astrologers, numerologists, and, and the, the uh, later generation. She was very popular in the 60s, Linda Goodman. Mm-hmm. Um, she would have been one of the first astrologers published, and she had a lot of esoteric information in uh, her astrology books. And the eight four, eight ruling Saturn and four ruling Uranus, um, being born an eight, uh, as you would know too, it is a karmic number. Um, old souls, it's the eternity, is uh, laying down. Um, what Linda says and what I, I totally agree with and knew before it was confirmed from reading her book is that... Uh, Many of my past, we'll say incarnations, I'd like to call them consciousness, uh, awareness, uh, but we'll call it incarnations just for, for this morning, um, were spent as a guru um, in the spiritual life, seeking, finding enlightenment, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing, all of that, but we do have to serve our karma. We must serve our karma. And what she says is it's like a um, cramming for an exam. So I kept putting it off and I kept putting it off and I kept putting it off. And this life, uh, before I I actually read that information, you know, I I knew I was fated. It it was just one thing after another. And I knew that I had a pure heart and and I couldn't understand why all. All these things were happening, um, one thing after another. And, you know, now it, my life is, is just beautiful because I have served that karma. But for 50, 51 years, um, it was constant karma. And people would look in on my life and think, this poor thing, my father used to say, I'd hate to have your life, Monique. I would hate <laughs> to have it. <laughs> so that's the eight. Four. And the one and the eight fours, the rare eight fours that I've had the opportunity to speak with, have had the same experience. So my interesting. Serve... So um, where 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 do these numbers derive from? Can you can you tell that? Because I have a life num life path number of eight as well. Interestingly. <laughs> And uh, I'm just wondering whether my life was fated in the same way as yours. <laughs> I, I think yours could be fated too, Jan, because the eight and the four, actually, um, they vibrate together. Now, let's look at numbers as the human's way of explaining energy because mm-hmm. everything is energy. Uh, so us humans and the ancients... Um, you know, whenever, uh, before Pythagoras, of course, um, 
to explain numbers. They, they've given them a name. Um, now, the eight being a, a, a Saturn karmic number, when you've got the same destiny number, which is when you add your whole birthday up, being the day of your birth, the month of your birth and the year, including the century, must include the century, uh, for anybody that's never added their numbers up, when the digit that you get to at the end, you need to uh, add them together. Uh, and except for an 11 and a 22, and now um, in this age, we look at the 33 as well. Uh, but when you've got the same destiny number as the day number, your birthday number that you come in on, that means that you must, must, must complete your, your uh, destiny. You must. Okay, it's, so it's my... It's as if you've tried it before and it and didn't succeed and this time you're having another go. That's interesting. My my day is 14, so that would combine to a five. That's right. Yeah. So is that what you mean by the birth? Well, where do you, did you get the other eight from? Um, it's the sum of my whole birth date, so I'm a 26-8. Oh, the sum all together. Okay. Mm. Right. Sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you had an eight as your day number as well. No, no. Okay. All right. Well, the five is on the same. Um, it, it's. I'll, I'll give you the numbers. It's, it's one, four, and seven are on our, our practical earth plane. Uh, the two, five, and eight, they're the emotional plane. And Jen, the sensitivity plane. And then your three, six, and nine is the mental plane. So even just meeting somebody and knowing their birthday number, if you add the two numbers together, if they're in the teens or the 20s, you will be able to have some awareness of where that person comes from, whether they come from a very down-to-earth, practical mentality or whether they're emotional, sensitive, or whether they're very smart people and think logically. Um, I think, you know, we were going to discuss that when I was born, I didn't have a two, a five, or an eight, and that's the emotional plane. Mm. Now, you'd think if I didn't have those numbers that I would be um, without sensitivities, but it actually works the other way. Um, it, when you're born with the numbers, it balances out. So Lady Diana... Uh, beautiful lady Diana. She didn't have a two, five, or an eight either. Now I ah. very much relate to Lady Diana's past. Um, what they, it's in the I Ching. It's called the arrow of hypersensitivity. So yes, we are empaths. There's a lot of people waking up to the fact that they're empaths and wondered why they've been so sensitive in their lifetime and, and also clairvoyant and, and able to pick up on a room's energy. Uh, but having no two, five and eight is like a double impact. It's a hypersensitivity. And, and one callous, I, I guess you could say, writer in my early studies, because when I studied all of this, there was no internet. So um, it was all about finding books um, for information um, to re-remember I uh, say re-remember because I know I've studied all of this in a past consciousness, a past reincarnation. Um, so, <laughs> yes, 
the, the arrow of hypersensitivity, this uh, one writer stated, we're lucky to make it through life because we're so sensitive. I mean, I didn't, you know, who, who would know? You know, I, I don't want to get into Lady Diana's um, passing over, but uh, I, I certainly had been hypersensitive to the point of, um, you know, being comatose, just, just unable to move. Um, fortunately, I've had a lot of grace on my life. I've been able to work, and because of those past lives, past consciousnesses, in, um, in, in the spiritual walk and in philosophy, um, I've been fortunate um, that coming in with all this karma and also having uh, the, high, the arrow of hypersensitivity, I've been able to remember the studies. So, so I'll pick a book up and, get, and start to read it and boom, I've already learned it before. I'm just re-remembering that I have yeah. learned before in past consciousness, yeah. So when you say you haven't got those three numbers, is that in the whole of your birth date? Yes, that's right. I haven't even got a two in my name, either in my first name, middle name or surname. Now, the number mm. two rules the moon and the woman and sensitivity, the emotions. Mm. So, so you'd think... I I'd be unemotional, but no, I'm the other way, a totally, totally emotional person. Um, what I found was that uh, um, I was able to, in my early life, because of the karma and the emotionalism, uh, um, it, it wasn't taken very well in my family, I must add. Um, you know, we're, I also believe that I chose that family. So I chose that family to overcome this extreme emotionalism as well. Mm. And also an independence to stand on my own and to do what I believe. Because the family of origin that I was born into, uh, they're not really into any of this stuff that we discuss. Or any of the guests probably <laughs> on your show. I know, I'm the same actually. It's like they probably think I'm completely crazy. <laughs> oh, no, I remember when I was young and I'd go to visit and I'd have about six books under my arm like some scholar you know, from years back, and I'd walk into the house with all these big, heavy books, and my father would just look, and I couldn't believe it. And every holiday, I'd take all these books with me. Yeah, I have it's to say, I wasn't, I wasn't like that in my early years. It took me to my 50s to actually wake up, so you were way ahead of the game. And on that subject, you know, you're talking about being awakened from birth. How, how were you aware of that awakenedness? Well... I've just released a song that we uh, that we will discuss a little bit later. Um, it's the mascot song, you could say, for, for uh, a global group. And that song was channeled 30 years ago. Now, in that song, it says, I remember from my conception. So I basically remember coming in onto this planet and my birth was not an easy easy birth. I was born in a Catholic hospital. The nuns uh, were the ones that delivered me. Uh, my mother was in uh, labour for three days and went, went um, into psychosis. My father said, uh, everybody who's listening can make out what they want to make out and kept saying she was having the baby Jesus. I'm having the baby Jesus. I'm having the baby Jesus. 
And uh, my grandmother later told me that the nuns uh, had a bag of dead bones that they were shaking over her belly. And to this day, I still haven't been able to find out what that meant. Uh, the, year, the year after I was born, that hospital was actually closed. Um, but during those three days, the doctor had come to my father and said, look, uh, I can, they're going to die. I can only save one of them. And my father said, will save my life, as, as any young man would. Uh, mm. But I made it. I made it through. But unfortunately, uh, for three days, and back in, you know, 66, um, and the maternity ward the way it was, uh, they took me away from my mother for three days. So I didn't have any bonding. And I screamed and I screamed and I screamed. And their reasoning was, uh, because I screamed and my mother was... Uh, traumatised from from having me and and I believe I was traumatised from being born as well. It all added on to, um, to, to this sensitivity. So so when I was very young, um, I, oh, I loved it. Well, the family was Catholic. Uh, I loved Jesus and I loved God and I loved going to church. And my father was a seeker at that time. He didn't... Um, he didn't start seeking until he was 16 years of age and that's when he went and got himself baptised. And uh, he was always studying through Catholicism um, and, and I used to talk for hours with him and I used to say, but Dad, um, surely, you know, you can't believe, Dad, that, that you lived to, um, in those days, it was only 65, um, you know, you lived to 65 and that's it. I mean, come on, Dad, that just doesn't make sense, Dad. Um, and really, any logical person, if, if they thought about it that way, it doesn't really make sense that, that we would come onto this planet for 60 years and then, boom, that, that would be the end of us. Our, our footprint would be gone. Mm. And yet so many people do believe that, don't they? Well, they do. I, I think the youth of this day and age, the star children, um the indigos, you know, there's there's lots of different names out there. Uh, I believe that they have a lot more awareness. Um, but, but I just knew. I knew there was more to it. The other reason, see, I came across astrology at a very young age too, and that was my first uh, self-help tool to deal with my sensitivity and my, and my empath self um, because I couldn't understand I would look out at the world and I couldn't understand why people would want to be nasty to each other. Now, I'm not saying that I was a perfect child because I wasn't. I was very strong-willed and I had a belief system um, um, and I was a guru in a past life. So, so it was difficult for me when adults were telling me it's this way and my, my um, intuition, my, my soul self was, was totally aware that it wasn't that way but as a child what could I do what could I say so um it, it was very hard for me as a child and when people would do things I, I couldn't understand where that thinking would come from if I hurt anybody it was out of my own hurt I never actually stepped out uh to be um uh, what's the word vindictive Hmm. I didn't just wait, you know, think, oh, okay, I'm going to go and do that. 
it, it was always a, a reaction to somebody hurting me if I ever hurt anyone else. Uh, so, so I was very lucky to come across astrology. And, and as soon as I picked books up, I thought, this is too easy. Uh, back in those days, without the uh, computers, we had to do everything through mathematics. I was very good at mathematics at school. The tables, I understood the symbols. And if you look at the symbols of astrology, <clears throat> anyone that studied chemistry in high school, um, I'm not sure what you call it over there, I'm talking from the ages of, of 12 to um, 15, 16, that, you know, basic chemistry, all of the uh, symbols of the mm -hmm. tables, um, you know, that can look like another language, um, but so does astrology. And I just picked it up so easily. I actually picked it up better probably than what I did uh, the science chemistry tables. Obviously had an innate interest in it. It's interesting actually because, you know, astrology and numerology are often um, – studied separately and yet surely they're so intertwined because of the relation between the birth date and numerology and obviously the birth date and astrology well that's right and that, and let's get back to it's all about vibration mm. so where we are at uh in this awakening period um we're past the new age we're in an awakening period the energies that are on this planet and coming in uh, with every um, astrological, oh, ast astronomical um, event that that we're having, uh, people are starting to awaken. Now that's due to energies, energies that are coming in onto the planet. The planet Earth has uh, is going through a cycle of twenty six thousand years. Now this was prophesized by the Mayans. Mm -hmm. uh, the end, the end of the world, basically, is what some people grabbed onto it as. Um, this year, we actually are starting. This is the first year of the end uh, time. It's, yes, there's no doubt about that. But that's due to the prophecy. I'm not saying the world is going to end. Not at all. That's not what I'm about at all. Uh, but the world as we know it, uh, the world as we know it, uh, is is in for sure and that's a good thing because we need to raise the vibration uh, on this planet um, so the planet Earth and, and this is astronomy not astrology um, is going through what is called the photon belt which is near the galactic centre of our universe and it's roughly around for astrologers 28-29 degrees uh, Sagittarius so us going through this photon belt is actually affecting our planet um, with the energies that we're receiving. Now, those that are highly sensitive and the empaths and the spiritual seekers, which are usually the empaths on the planet, are, um, are feeling these more so uh, than the younger souls, you could say. Uh, there is also... 144,000 souls that have chosen to come and be born at, at this time as volunteers and as empaths and uh, as uh, humans that have consciousness of, um, from past lives with the gifts 
that can help this planet and the people, the humanity on this planet to walk through this time as best as we can. Mm, and actually, it's, exciting, it's an exciting time to be born, Jen. Absolutely. And, you know, going back to that, uh, what you were saying about the volunteers, I was very synchronistically <laughs> introduced to Dolores Cannon, who wrote the book, The Three Waves of Volunteers and the New Earth. And um, that was a real revelation for me in terms of it really kind of set in context what I felt my purpose was in terms of being here to help raise that vibration of the planet. You know, in 2009, I had the vision of creating the Festival of Enlightenment, which eventually um, held in Estes Park, Colorado in June of 2011. And, and that was a real divine mission that I felt I had to achieve. And um, so I feel a real uh, alignment with the idea of being one of those first wave volunteers as well. Well, I believe you are. I believe anybody that, that synchronistically I connect with um, is one of those volunteers. We've got to remember there's 144,000 out there. But the, but the deal was that when we, and we knew this before we were conceived, the deal was that we would forget our past and that we would need to re remember. So that has been the difficult for for a lot of these uh, volunteers. Now, Dolores Cannon, what a beautiful woman, and she was given this information way before it could even be socially accepted. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and your first waivers, I mean, I'm one of the first waves, and, and she says it, it, it is the hardest for the first waivers because... See, if you can think of everything as energy, I did miss that uh, question, sorry, about the, about the numerology and astrology, but we'll probably get around to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if you can think of it, everything as energy, um, coming in, if, if humanity and the planet Earth have never, haven't felt these uh, vibrational energies, and the last time was Atlantis, and we know what happened then. Mm. So there was a big flood, we know what happened then. Um, and anyone that wants to look into uh, Atlantis, there's many books out there. Uh, uh, the souls, the 144,000, were on Atlantis. They were enlightened. They were using their full capacity DNA. Um, and, and that has been shut down in humans through this age. Now, I've been in and out of India. This is called the Kali, Kali Yuga, the Kali Yuga age and it is uh, an age of destruction and darkness and and I think anyone that wants to turn the television on can see that mm. so with these first waivers coming through we've had to build a bridge so to speak we've had to build this bridge walk through it ourselves as hard as it has been for a human being to uh, and, and an empath and a highly sensitive um, person as hard as that's been for people We've had to walk through almost to make a blueprint for the rest of humanity <laughs> to walk through. So we're pioneers. So then when the second wave comes through, uh, uh, the first wave is already out there speaking like I am speaking to you. I, I, I've had to go through a dark night of the soul. I, I, I've, I, I actually prayed to die, Jan, 
I've, I've, my body, my psyche, um, my whole existence felt like death. It, it, mm. I just thought I can't live if it just could, remains this way. And the pain and, and what that is, is the body holds many consciousnesses, incarnations of uh, uh, past energies of the society at that time. And uh, whether you were a witch being burnt or, you know, whatever that went on in the family in this Kali Yuga time, um, destruction, death, um, oh, dear, and anything that you think is highly dysfunctional for a human being to have to go through, um, that is stored in our DNA. Now, this photon belt that we're passing through is bringing the DNA, bringing all of that energy out, out. So, so we're seeing more of the ugly on the planet, um, and people are are having to go through the suffering of that. Now, I believe that if we don't become conscious, and this isn't just the first, second, third waivers, this is humanity as a whole. Uh, if we don't wake up, um, well, we need to wake these 144,000 up first, right? Because they have the gifts to wake the rest of humanity up and they also have the gifts to energetically clean up the planet of any mm. souls that are stuck here, right? Now, the evil that's on this planet, I'm not going to get into UFOs and... and, and um, Anunnaki and all of this business, that's a whole nother business and I'd love to come back and talk to you about that on another. Absolutely. Show. Mm. But we'll, just, we'll stay on, on Earth, Earth for this show um, and, and stay grounded. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, past our, our relatives, our ancestors that have passed over, when they pass over, one thing I, I notice with... Um, with Bali and, and a few of the uh, the cultures, when somebody passes over, they don't mourn. They're very happy. They have an understanding that, that when their relative and their loved one, who they're going to miss terribly, passes over, um, they're very happy to have a party because they have a belief system that, that they don't want their person to get stuck in limbo. Right, they want, yeah. Right? They want them mm. to go through the light to be at peace. Now, you know, Buddha, he came to teach about the law of attachment. When we have a loved one that passes over, if we mourn terribly, and, and also when we're passing over, if we're passing over in a state of, oh, I'm going to miss this, I'm going to miss that, that is also causing us to come back to where we were at. If that's your law of attraction in mm. place there. So the yeah, souls that are roaming around, they are the ones that um, that energy, I should say, that energy is causing a lot of the darkness uh, that a lot of people are talking about, the uh, um, 1%, this, this section of... Uh, Oh, there's that much, uh, so much about it on the internet. The, yeah, the elite and the cabal and everything else, yeah. Oh, the elite, the Illuminati. I mean, I didn't mm. even have to speak those words, but, you know, dark forces, let's just mm. call it dark forces. The dark forces that are on this planet, yes, 
They are feeding off humanity and the Kali Yuga. There is no doubt about that. Mm. However, however, it is prophesied that the 144,000 that are on this planet now as we speak and, and even this, and this will blow your mind, the ascended masters mm. have come into form in body as a human walking around this planet incognito. How about that? Mm, yes. And, you know, interesting because when I, um, when my mum passed, well, it was very fortunate that I was able to be present, which is an intention I had set, actually. And all the people that she was closest to, myself, my brother, um, his son, her nephew, her grandson, sorry, um, we were all present. And interestingly, when we, we – and it was all very synchronistic, the fact that um, – we were all there at that particular time and she was in a nursing home and the nurse said, you know, there were signs that her physical body was shutting down, but that very probably it would happen during the night. And I actually read that uh, people often choose to die during the night because it's usually when the relatives aren't around holding them back on the physical plane. And, you know, I was really focused on if if it's time to go, that's fine, it's okay, and, you know, sending love and everything else. And it was the most peaceful passing. It was quite a, an experience for me, a blessing to be able to witness that of somebody who passed so peacefully. And it was like, you know, sensing there was an angel in the room there to, to you know, escort her away. <laughs> so, um, and I do recognize that a lot of relatives of people who are, you know, going through the transition, they are clinging on to the person you know to to really keep them here and often i think that's linked to perhaps not understanding where they're going and they're going into the light and into a much easier existence than we've had on on planet earth <laughs> oh jen that's just absolutely beautiful what you've just shared there about your mum um there's so much in what you said and i totally agree that is new to me why um, why a soul would choose night time, but doesn't that, that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the majority of people, uh, humans on the planet that uh, are asleep and oblivious to uh, the fourth dimension. So the third dimension is uh, living on this planet, working, breathing, sleeping, eating, making babies, uh, all of that mundane uh, Things that human do, humans do, and the fourth dimension is being aware that we're actually spiritual beings in a human body. And most people are stepping into fourth dimension slowly. This is the awakening, the pre, you know, just awakening to the fact that they're spiritual beings. Because remember, we've had religion uh, such a stronghold. Um, oh yes. Uh, on, on, on everybody, even our natives, Aboriginals, the, the American Indians, the, you know, this goes on. So um, now we're actually sort of stepping away from religion, uh, the stronghold of religion, and um, more on the awareness that there's more to this physical body 
So, um, yeah, what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing you've shared about your mother. And 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 the problem, what I was going to say, is that a lot of people fear death. Once mm. you, you start to awaken, you understand that nothing ever dies. Not one, you know, one. Once you realise that this isn't all there is, a 65, 70-year lifespan on this planet, which a lot of people are struggling to do financially, um, you know, emotionally. Physically, with, yeah. yeah. Yes, technically, yes. Um, with all of that, because things are speeding up so fast, and that is part of stepping into the photon belt, that time speeds up. It doesn't actually speed up, but our consciousness... Well, it seems like it's speeding up, as I said in the intro. You know, gosh, we're in February already and nearly at the middle. <laughs> and it's, it only seems like two minutes since the new year. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. So, so once people awaken that there's no fear in death, then, per, then not perhaps, then they will uh, help their loved one to pass. Mm. Over with love and calmness. How many hospitals, when somebody's dying, there's drama and panic and ringing everybody up and 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 people are coming in that and they're sad and and I mean I, when I was a child my grandfather died and and you know this is my grandfather and I are, are very much in contact. Uh, I think I was 12 and I was sitting on the wall of the, the Catholic church. Our school was uh, next door. And I was sitting with a girlfriend and there was a funeral. And I said to my girlfriend, gosh, I'm lucky. No one's died in my family. Do you know that afternoon? While I said that, my grandfather died. Mm. He, was, he died. He had a stroke. At that time that I said, gosh, I'm lucky. No one's died in my family. Um, we found out later that afternoon. But... But yes, yeah, and for for a very long time, being a naive child, I thought, oh dear, I made that happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did, I did. I thought I was responsible. A lot of psychic children think that they do things, mm. but, but it's bigger than us. It's much bigger than us. And that was the first person, um, the first funeral, first person that I'd known to die. And I remember being at the funeral and not not being sad. I wasn't mm. sad, and I loved Poppy. I really loved Poppy. And, and still to this day, he speaks to me through the kookaburras. Um, he was the, the man that, that, that connected me with, with nature and the birds. He was a beautiful right. man, my mother's father. Yeah. So, so, you know, once you can understand all of this, life does become 5D because just because I can't see Poppy and, and they've all, you know, all my grandparents have passed now, they communicate with me. Um, not not in a voice like hello Monique how are you uh you know it, it's in your your intuition it's in your awareness in your day-to-day -day awareness and and that telepathy is what's going to come on board uh, it's on board for me um already uh, but but for the human it's going to come on board on board in your dna so so we will be so connected and we already know scientifically that we are connected Mm. Yes, and I and I I often you know I it's a knowingness that my mum's still around. Actually, she did appear on one of the radio shows that I had a, a medium on the show, and she, she said, "I'm getting a mink coat." Do you know anybody who who had a mink coat? And I said, "Oh, it's my mum. She loved her mink coat." <laughs> that, that, 
great example. That's exactly it. And, and a beautiful wisdom is the more you learn, the more you know, the more you know, the more you know. A beautiful wisdom. I'll say it again. The more you learn, the more you know, the more you know, the more you know. You have the knowing. And mm. when you have the knowing, nothing is is a, a shock or, or a fear. Um, you open up your whole capacity to live as an enlightened human being and that makes life exciting. My life oh, yes. after going through this process, Jen, and even through this dark night of the soul where I, I begged, to, I, I to the ceiling I was begging, take me. I knew who I was talking to, but I was looking at the ceiling. Just, just please take me. I can't bear to be here in this body, in this pain any longer. And, and I had to release all of that pain through my um, DNA and through the physical and through my emotional because having that hypersensitivity empath um, and, and coming from the family that I did and the generations um, uh, before that, you know, emotionalism wasn't really accepted. And mm. I, I mean, dramatically... Um, you know, in England or something, the ladies would grab a tissue and it was also dramatic, ooh, weep, weep, but not real hardcore crying to release, uh, you know, the DNA, um, the trauma and what's yeah. locked in the DNA, the trauma, the trauma. Mm. And, and, and then you've got more trauma on top of that, not just previous uh, incarnation consciousness. Um, you've, you've got trauma that, that's happened in this life and unfortunately, um you know, I, I had I had uh, terrible addiction issues too. Um, my uh, my great great grandmother was Aboriginal, so I've got DNA through the line, uh, my father's line, and that and they were Aboriginal from Ta Tasmania, and that was when Tasmania was settled, and the English came to uh, Tasmania, and they were given wives, Aboriginal wives. Uh, so they're taken from there. You know, there was a lot, lot of, lot of dark stuff happened then as far as killing the natives um, and the owners of this land. And um, yeah, so so alcohol. It was well. I think it was also connected to being hypersensitive and those previous lives of abstaining uh, through spirituality. So emotionally, um, because I didn't understand why everybody else didn't understand what I understood as a, as a growing um, adult, young adult, teenager, I used substances, uh, which many people do, whether it's shopping, to gambling, you know, to alcohol, to drugs, to what, whatever, to relationships. Oh, you can get addicted to so many things in this day and age. Um, to stop the feelings. Those, those emotions is, is what's going to release our DNA. But we can use, you know, the downside is there's so many things that we can use to stop that process from happening. And, uh, uh, you know, this is why it is so important that this 144,000 uh, wake up because we have a whole generation of youth. They call them star children. We have a whole generation to re-educate, they've got to be re-educated because they're being educated from our old stuff. 
Well, they're being indoctrinated, aren't they? Uh, and it's interesting you should say that because the medium that I mentioned, she, Beth Lynch, she uh, has been on the show a couple of times because we had a bit of a meltdown technically the first time, interestingly, which had a, a much higher purpose to it. I'm sure of that. But um, she was talking about the amount of medication that a lot of these young people are being subjected to and how that shuts down the emotions and the ability to deal emotionally with things and actually leads to a lot of pharmaceutical suicide. And it makes you wonder, going back to the dark forces, whether this is a deliberate um, ploy to stop that um, awakening, that ascension process through the, the you know, the DNA, etc. You know, you know what, Jen, this is what I believe. I don't believe it's, it's, uh, being done on purpose, so to speak. I don't think that the dark forces are that smart. I will not give them that much credit. What there is on this planet is greed. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it's festering. The greed uh, in the upper archelons of business and corporate uh, design. And it's taken off on an exponential curve. And, and, and it's exciting if you're in business. I've been in business and, and off you go. Uh, if you're not conscious. And uh, it, I believe through the pharmaceutical corporate corporations, this shutting down of the emotions is a side effect of... Right. We're talking, we're talking dark energy here. And dark energy is dark, dark energy. It's an absence of light. That's all it is. So when, when we're blaming the Illuminati and we're blaming this one, um, really, we've got to to take responsibility that we own that. That's our stuff. That's not the Illuminati stuff. A lot of people want to go off planet and blame the Anunnaki's and, and the programming of our galactic families. Well, you know, that, that's all part of the process, but we're talking dark energy here. Um, it, it's not like the Wizard of Oz sitting up there and just and formatting all of this. You put a line of dark energy out there, there's going to be consequences. So the pharmaceutical company corporations breed with pharmaceutics, uh, pharmaceuticals. The, the, the byproduct of that is that, oh, they're probably thinking, oh, well, that was good. It actually shuts down the kids' emotions too. Oh, well, bingo. We didn't mm. think of that, but that's a good one on our one for us. So there's lots of side effects of, of, this dark energy that that are evolving and and you are so spot on i have no doubt in my mind that uh, pharmaceuticals um will will shut down the emotions and change the being just like marijuana does like any drug does alcohol uh alcohol probably works a little different to shut down emotions because a lot of people get emotional when they drink alcohol um mm. You don't usually see people, um, well, gamblers will cry when they lose money. But, 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 uh, yeah, I'm just looking at things that that shut down the emotions. Food, food is a great one. Television is another one that that can shut down how you're feeling because to actually feel, you need to be still, because it's a body thing, right? A lot of yes, our thoughts do create our feelings, but the thoughts that we've had about something and then we haven't allowed the feeling to come out. It is stored in our body. So anger, um, 
anger especially, uh, I, I, uh, and stress. Stress is the number one. Here in Australia, they did a, a survey uh, on New Year's, and it was it was uh, typical. What what do you want to give up? What's your New Year's resolution? And do you know what it was at the top of the list this year? A long time ago, it would have been giving up smoking. It was <laughs> less stress, less stress. So your average uh, human is actually understanding now that stress is so no good for the body. Now, when I had a corporate company, uh, I was raising, I was a single mum, I was raising my son, I was working seven days a week, uh, I was in ministry, uh, I was just so flat chat. I was on adrenaline. I don't use adrenaline these days. I can feel when adrenaline is pumping through my body and that's the chemical release through stress. And I, uh, this, my, uh, the cells in my cervix and my bowel uh, started to change towards cancer. And uh, it went on for nine, uh, eight to nine years. And uh, it got to the point where, where the doctor wanted to operate and, and <clears throat> take all of my, my female pieces out. And, and this was through the, the 2012, 2013, a uh, big download of energy that we had on this planet. And uh, there was a lot on the internet about how you can heal your life, how a lot of the ancient uh, medicinal herbs and all the information was coming to light um, on the internet. And I thought, I'm going to have a crack at this. And I went out to the bush and I uh, somebody had given me their caravan and their big fire and a makeshift shower, and I sat there for three months, cried, connected with, with the land, re, really connected with the land. I'm so connected to uh, to Gaia and nature now. And I, I cried, and I sat by the fire, looked into the fire for hours and hours, uh, uh, heated my water to have a shower, and I ate raw food. I simplified my life completely. And I said to the doctor, I said, give me six months. And then after that experience, I went and lived on a permaculture farm. I ate um, the raw organic food. There was boar water, water under the ground. I had some amazing spiritual uh, multidimensional experiences there. Uh, really fascinating. We'll leave that one for another show. Um, and, <laughs> and I went back to the doctor and do you know what? Healed. Absolutely mm. healed the cells in my body. So I know that it can be done. Pharmaceuticals, there's no need for it. There's a lot of rumours around that um, I don't support cancer awareness. I think we're very aware of cancer. I support the law of attraction, what we focus on, we get more of. So if I'm out there running around going, cancer, 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 I'm putting, I'm adding to that energy on the planet. So there is cancer uh, cures out there. Uh, but, of course, the pharmaceutical uh, companies, um, you know, if, if they let us in on all this information as a majority, um, you know, on the television news and, and the mainstream is the word I'm looking for. Well, they, they wouldn't have their money, would they? Because it's big business. It's huge Absolutely. Business. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I absolutely agree with what you're saying about the law of attraction. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't entertain the possibility of uh, being sick. 
It's as simple as that. And, you know, my mum had uh, breast, breast cancer. Thankfully, it was uh, caught early and she had a um, a lumpectomy, nothing worse than that. But, you know, a lot of <laughs> you read about these, um, I think it was Angelina Jolie who had a double mastectomy because she considered herself to be so at risk from breast cancer. And yet, you know, I don't get caught up in that thinking at all. And I, I don't get caught up in the thinking about aging, for example, because I believe you're in control of that as well in terms of where your consciousness is focused. So I'm absolutely with you on that. The other thing I just wanted to um, follow up on before we get to our break, because unbelievably <laughs> we're almost there at the end of the first hour. Um, I wanted to just bring up the subject of nature and, you know, you talk about the 144,000 light workers. I've always been very connected to nature, to animals. And in fact, it was a horse that was responsible for my awakening. Do you think that's something that's a common factor with the light workers that they really feel this connection? And, you know, the, the, even the festival, um, I was absolutely adamant that it had to be held in a natural environment of course rocky mountain national park you know just by estes park was the most incredible setting with the mountain energy and the elk walking through and everything the thought of the suggestions i was getting about oh hold it in the middle of denver was absolutely just not on the cards at all. It had to be really connecting people back with that nature. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. And I think that's a good, you know, I will speak on it now, but I think that's a great start to our next hour because I've got so much to share on uh, what I've experienced about with the nature. Um, it raises our vibrational energy. When I was in depression many, many years ago, um, and this is for anybody suffering from depression, if you can get yourself out to sit in the sun, the sun, for 20 minutes a day, you will heal your depression. And now, most people who are depressed do not want to go outside. They like to sit in the dark. They sit in the depression. But I'm telling you, we stay in bed because they don't want to get up. <laughs> no, yeah, no, and and, you, and they don't feel like it. Even though, it, look, I wouldn't. I knew that that would help me, and I didn't want to go out there. But when I, when I had uh, some beautiful experience when I got back from uh, India in 2009, uh, you know, I was I was forced outside. So being outside, it is alive. That's why I, le- I eat the organic food. It is alive. It's a living organism we're very fortunate here the food gets picked it's it's chemical it's chemical spray free uh it's picked the day before i buy it it sits in my fridge for uh four to five weeks in plastic containers and is still crisp and alive not that i like to leave it that long but but the nature is our healer and this day and age that the the corporates have us working so hard the corporate system right we i don't like to blame these humans because it, they're only they've only been programmed this way through the Kali Yuga this is where we all have to take responsibility as a human race now nature has been given to us unfortunately through the greed of these corporations and the mining industry uh, 
you know, we're digging into this planet like it's nobody's business and it's all about money. So and, the, Yeah, the and the oil industry as well. Oh, yes, the disrespect that we have for nature, for nature. Uh, we have beautiful beaches in Australia and, and our council wants to concrete them all up. Oh. We have beautiful fauna and, and, and wants to put, you know, paths and, and concrete there when, when the wildness of, of our nature along our uh, coastline here in Australia is so beautiful. And people that appreciate nature... We stand there and look and go, oh, my God. We're in my Talk about being awake young. In my early 20s, I lived in, in Sydney, which is our sort of main city. It's not our capital. Uh, I lived in Sydney. And when I wrote and channeled this song, uh, All Aboard, I, I was living with a group of people that were awake as well. And, you know, I used to say, this is like Major League Lego. I used to look out at it all and think, this is like Lego, but it's major league Lego. You know what Lego is, Jen? Oh, yes. Yeah, I had it yes. as a child and my oh, kids good, good. did as well. <laughs> the rest of the world knows what Lego is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, so I used to think it's like major league Lego and they just want to ram over all of the nature and, and put, put concrete there. Now, concrete isn't vibrating it's not vibrating any energy at all. Like the components, because if we get into the elements, see, it's all about elements, Jen. Mm. Uh, the higher vibrational uh, things that we have on this planet, what we were given before man, before humanity came to this planet, we were given earth, fire, earth and fire, water. Well, there was earth, fire and air, wasn't there? Earth, mm. fire and air, water, right? So any of those things, they are alive. You know, I could I could talk about the water. The water is 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 so fascinating. Um, the awareness that that you can have regarding consciousness and water, because the water on this planet is the same water that our ancestors had mm. and drank from. Mm. It doesn't disappear. It doesn't go anywhere. So if we're polluting it. We're feeding ourselves our own pollution down the... Indeed. This is why things must change. This is why the 144,000, they must awaken. And not just awaken to the, to the ugliness. They need to awaken to their consciousness, Jan, to the gifts that they've been given and not to just walk this, this planet on their own. These 144,000 must gather together as one mm, and, and absolutely. this is our this is our project this is what uh, project atlantis is all about uh and project uh, angel night is, is all about is about bringing those hundred and forty four thousand together they are awakening there's no no doubt about that they know that they're special they know that they have gifts they know that they're empaths uh, they know what's going on, but they need to find each other and join as one. One. Yeah. Well, that's a great message to leave the first half of the show. I'm going to hand it back to Nancy just for our quick musical break. And uh, when we come back, you can share some of your uh, contact information with our listeners and uh, then they'll know where to find you. So, uh, Nancy, over to you for a quick break. Thanks, Four minutes. 
Thank you, Nancy, and welcome back to the second half of the Cosmic Creating Show with my guest, Monique, or Mons Hill. Uh, My name is Jan Moore. I'm the Success Alchemist, and you can find me at www.thesuccessalchemist.net. And I'm going to ask uh, Mons, Monique, (laughs) to share her contact details with you now so that you can find out more about her and contact her if, if you're so inclined. So, Monique, over to you. Oh, thank you, Jan. I'm also known as Om Mons, O-M, space, M-O-N-S. You can find me on Facebook as Om Mons or Mons Hill, H-I-L-L. Or you can find me on Facebook as Astrology and Numerology are us. Like beds are us, but (laughs) Astrology and Numerology are us. So you can uh, private message me for sure. I'm very open to that. Uh, I'd like to give you another uh, address that you can pop down, and that is goodnight.org, G-O-O-D-K-N-I-G-H-T, as in the night of King Arthur, dot org. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because that's all connected with the uh, 144,000 that we are calling in as one. So the reason I call myself Mons is being a uh, first waiver. When uh, I was in India three times in 2008, I was called to India. Um, I had been there when I was younger. I was always called to India. And uh, I decided that when my son was an age, I would take him back there. So I took my uh, 11-year-old son to India for three weeks, early 2008. That was when um, Pluto, the planet Pluto of transformation and power, uh, went into Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn. Uh, So I was being transformed, definitely, from that time on. and we went to India. He loved it. He said, you know, I love it here, Mum, can we live here? So I went back there again and, and uh, I set up a theatre restaurant show in Goa. Um, but unfortunately, uh, that was all shut down by the terrorist activity that came through Goa back then with the hotel, uh, the big hotel in Mumbai. So that didn't go down, but I took him over there and homeschooled him. And we stayed up in in uh, in uh, Pushka, in the centre of uh, India in the desert, and uh, it was safe there for for us. And I've got a very karmic connection there. But before we went back, I was looking at the map, and my hand with my highlighter in it was led to a place called Ajanta, A J A N T A, and I had never. Heard heard of it I didn't even know what it was I had to go and look it up and it just said oh yes there were caves that had been exposed in the 1950s they had been overgrown for thousands of years and they had been exposed uh, by an explorer an English explorer who came across them and in they were out in the desert and so we trekked up there my son and I it took us three days we were the only um, the only English people you could say 
uh, we were looked upon very strangely from the people there. They don't get too many visitors up there. And I walked, uh, we got to the caves. I, at this stage, I still didn't know why I was there. I just knew I had to go there. And um, I was taken down to the cave in, in a little chair that, you, you know, they put up on their shoulders and four men carry you. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you see in the movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, and they put me up there and, and took me down into the caves and, and, and I and it's a tourist destination now and um, we lined up and we're going we walked through the door and as soon as I walked through the door I collapsed and I broke down into tears. I couldn't stop crying. I didn't even know why I was crying. My son's embarrassed, Mum, Mum, what are you doing? you know and um, the the tourist uh, operator there, she hushed everybody out of the cave. And she was speaking Indian, so I didn't know what she was saying. She was pushing me, you you stay, you stay. And she took everybody out and, and they had to wait outside with these big doors. And, and we had free reign of these caves. And on my Facebook page, Om Mons, you'll see me standing there with the sleeping Buddha. Now, I know that I know that I know that I've spent, um, if not one, a few lifetimes in those caves. Um, I'm a very good uh, meditator and I'm very good at doing inner work. Uh, I almost levitate these days, the energy that I'm, I'm able to create within my body and draw in from Mother Earth. We were speaking about uh, nature. I'm able to draw in so much energy through my feet, all through my chakra system and also through the top of my head, through the seventh chakra, and with that, if you've ever seen the system, it creates your Merkaba. Um, I, I, I'm not quite levitated yet, but I'm nearly there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I know that in the past life, I've come into this life with that consciousness of being, uh, um, of spending <coughs> lifetimes meditating and in quiet and in, in the quiet too, not speaking. So this life, I, I haven't shut up, really. <laughs> Even as a child, I used to talk a lot. And I was always saying, why? Why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? And uh, it used to annoy the adults, for sure, <laughs> me asking why. <laughs> so uh, that's just a little bit of background on, on my past lives, but I'm very, very connected to India. I've been back many times, and I will continue to go back to India. I'm holding a crystal. Around those caves, there was one guest house. And uh, my son was frolicking in the land next to the guest house. And he's gone, Mom, crystals, look at these crystals. And he was bringing back crystals as big as dinner plates. Wow. And, yes, I've got one, not a big dinner plate one, I've got one beautiful crystal that almost looks like it could fit in something. It fits in the palm of my hand. It almost looks like it, it's a key, that it could fit into something and unlock something. And I've got that in the palm of my hand as we speak. And we couldn't bring all those crystals back, of course, on the plane back to Australia. But uh, that was just fascinating too, that, that he was just pulling them out of the ground, these beautiful quartz crystals. Um, so that was a beautiful experience. And I've been back there twice up into the desert there, and I really do need to go back one, one more time. I think I've got to take a crystal there and plant that there. Uh, there's a grid line up there through there. So uh, do you want me to talk about the grid lines at all? Oh. 
Yeah, um, I just wanted to ask you, actually, you know, you've talk, you're talking about the experience in the cave and the, the sleeping Buddha. Um, what actually prompted you to become ordained as a Christian minister? Ah, well, the energy. Actually, to be honest, the energy. I had been raised a Catholic, and, and <coughs> a lot of people will be able to re- relate. Uh, the God that was taught, I always loved Jesus. I always loved Jesus. But the God that uh, was spoken of was a punishing God. He mm, judgment. Watching you. Yeah. Yes, yes. And um, so when I had my son, and uh, I first really looked at my addiction issues again because, you know, I was 22 when I first um, looked at my addiction issues and I knew it was an issue then. And, you know, at that age, you, what's going on? I, I was very young in that, that industry, that scene, <clears throat> to be looking at those issues. And even society as a whole wasn't really um, geared up as much then. So... In, uh, when I had my son, I, I, I really uh, did look at the addiction issues and uh, I'd met, I'd, I'd uh, really started to press into a higher power. Um, the energies weren't on the planet. I was busy as a mum, so I wasn't meditating then either. And I'd met these people that uh, came from what we call uh, here a Christian outreach centre, and that was a Pentecostal mu- movement. And they took me to one of their services, their, their church, you know, church gathering. And uh, they had a big band up on stage. And, of course, I was an entertainer. I'd been to acting school for three years in my early 20s. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm saying, is this church? Oh, wow. Like, it, it just was so different to the Catholic uh, choir, the, the the opera singing and, and you know, it was just so so rigid that in the uh, Pentecostal movement, wow, they're dancing around and clapping their hands. And, and you know, I walked in there and I felt the energy. I felt the energy. There's no doubt about it. And I love Jesus. I'd never stop loving Jesus. And, and what, what, you know, we call Yehoshua Ben-Joseph now. Um, you know, we're a lot more aware of, of who and what Jesus actually is. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just fell in love with it. And that was, that was where I was meant to be. I, I was going to the church and an angel said to me, right, you're going to Bible college. And, and I've had angels speak to me all through my life. And when they speak to me, oh, I, I, I know it. It's action. It's action. It's such an energy. It empowers you to take the step. When an angel speaks to you, angelic energy, which is which is over your higher self, right, like an over soul, um, when, when it speaks to you, you move because the power is there. And so I moved from one state to another state here in Australia with my young son. He was only five then. And I went to Bible college. And that particular church was very much on the fringes of the Pentecostal movement. It still had a covering of the Assemblies of God, so it wasn't a cult, but it was right on the edge. And if, you, if you've read anything about the Shakers, have you heard about the Shakers, Jen? Um, 
I, it rings a bell, but I wouldn't say I know anything about them. Right. That, they were a movement, and, and that's where you, you get people slain in the spirit and they fall down on the ground and they're shaking and rocking and rolling. Um, and, and you'll see you'll see that in the Pentecostal movement, but it it is an anointing from the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt about that. But the pastor, the leader, um, must can carry that anointing and must be of good heart and good will. And then that anointing is, is carried through the Pentecostal minister or pastor of the church. So my pastor, the guy moved to, he carried that. And wow, it was the fire, the fire anointing. So from my very early 30s, I, we were told when we started Bible college that this energy, they call it anointing, this anointing energy, it, it's not just this year that you're going to feel this. This is going to, as it's said in uh, the Bible, it is said that the, the dross, it's, it's, it's um, the alchemist, it's alchemy. It's, it's where the energy comes in to the human body. You draw it in. We have to draw it in. We drew it in through, through our seventh chakra, not through uh, Mother Earth, <coughs> through the heavens. And, it was going, it changed me and it didn't stop changing me even when I left the church and I left ministry. And it would bring the dross, you know, now in alchemy, um, the dross comes to the surface when the gold is being heated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're aware of that? Yep. Mm-hmm. When, when they're, they're melting gold, uh, the junk comes to the surface. They call it dross, D-R-O-S-S. So this anointing that was that I stepped into and was placed on the pastor and then to me, it it brought the dross to the surface. So ever since then, and the actual pastor said to to us, you you know you you might turn around in a couple of years and wish you hadn't have been here. So <laughs> well, we didn't know what he was talking about, but that that anointing, the fire anointing, the revival flame fire anointing was the start to me being cleaned up and it took a long time. It took an, a long time and it just added to my karma basically <laughs> as well <laughs> because the dross had to come to the surface. All, right, all which is very, very much what is happening on the planet now, isn't it? As you were saying it earlier, is. it's having to bring out all the dross for it, it to be released and healed. That's right and that's why the, the book The Alchemist was so important and it was was you know passed around because this is alchemy that's going what's going on remember we're all energy everything is energy so this is alchemy that's going on within our own bodies so people that are going to resist this this change of the human right because it, it it's a human um what's the word i'm looking for jan it's it's uh an expansion of the human It's evolution. Yeah, an evolution. Evolution. Thank you, Dan. Yes, yes, it is. It's the evolution of man. So, so we're not going back to what we were. You can, you know, you can drag in the back of the line as long as you want and resist. But re- resisting is only going to cause more pain. It really is. And, and none of us want that for each other. And the thing is that we are one. So we all have to go together. 
we all have to go together. And the people that do resist, I mean, okay, we've got all this information out there that you can heal your life. Beautiful Louise Hay, I met her in my early 20s. And we can heal our life. We, we've got naturopaths, we've got so many natural remedies out there, but our number one is our mind. Our mind is our healer. So unfortunately there's this thinking, and, 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 and to part it is true, that we carry in our DNA uh, different diseases that in this Kali Yuga have have collected. So in my family, my father had bowel cancer. So then when I turned 40, my bowel started to go cancerous. I was carrying that DNA. But with the knowledge that I had and the belief and the faith and the understanding and being an awakened one, I I knew that I could change this with my mind. So, you know, we get back to this cancer business. If we keep running around the world, cancer, 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 let's find a cure, when there is already a cure, you're looking at it when you look in the mirror because we know that there's, there's people that have had cancer and survived. Now, logically, why them and, and not others that have taken the chemotherapy? There's information out there about the chemotherapy um, that... You know, some some don't survive with chemotherapy. Some others won't take it. I'm, I haven't. I really don't want to get into that myself personally because I, in my family, we don't really have the cancer, so to speak. But um, we have the addictions and, and and the bowel issues and diabetes issues. So if I go through my life daily saying, "Oh well, my my dad got bowel cancer, I'll get bowel cancer." I'm creating that in my own body. And my body's listening to me saying, okay, Monique, that's what we'll, we'll produce that for you. That's what you want. Mm, exactly. The fear that's generated around cancer is unbelievable. And, of course, people then, uh, then are attracting that because they're so focused on, tr- on not having it. <laughs> but well, that's right, focus, and fear. Yeah. Here is a low vibrational energy. It's a downer. It's a Debbie Downer fear. So, you know, if you've got, if you're thinking about something, you're talking about something, and then in your body, in your heart, your heart's going, oh, that's vibe. Your heart is a, is a, is a strong, a strong uh, measure of, of where you're vibrating. You know, so, that all added up together, you are creating your own life. However, we're here to say you can heal your life. But things need to change. Um, number one, you know, we, this, this understanding that we are all one, um, now this, this isn't beyond the normal human's comprehension if they went to school, uh, they know they're one of a family or they're one of a, 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 a corporation or you are one of something. Uh, every human being is one of something. If, if we can expand our consciousness to understand that humanity, the world, everything here is one bubble. It's one. It is one thing. So we, we all can help each other to expand each other's um, consciousness. But the one problem, the one problem that we do have and we, we must overcome for, for all of these fantastic things to take place 
is is the issue that we've got with intolerance. Right? Now, you've heard about the duality on the planet. They talk about duality. Mm-hmm. Yep. And judgment. Duality and judgment. When yes. You, okay, so... So getting our head around around the dark and the light, all right, it, we can't eradicate all darkness off the planet. You look at the yin and the yang symbol. We need balance. Balance. So we have to have dark, we have to have light. Now, what does that look like? We've never seen that before. We, we only know judgment. Where, where I look at you, I look at the differences of you, and, and I make a judgment and I say, you're different. And, and I, I have a, a negative energy attached to that. Rather than looking at the, the other and saying, wow, you're different. That's so beautiful. I'm glad we're all different on this planet. Even if it's darkness. Because if we, if we, if we can look at consciousness and reincarnation and the freedom that the free will that we are given before we manifest in the womb, we choose our experiences here. Now, common sense, if you said to somebody, okay, you're going down to, to this planet, um, now what do you want to experience? Well, they would say, well, I want to experience it all. Well, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't experience it all, all uh, because, you know, there is a life and a death, but not death as we say but there's that everything changes that's the constant that we know you can bank on that that everything changes so you know we would want to come back each time i want to do this this time i want to experience that this time how about i i I do that this time now some of that might be perceived as darkness to somebody who's not doing that this time Mm. am i looking Using you, or you, I'm trying to sort of explain it. Yeah, it's logically it's, common sense without getting too out there with it. One of I the mean, things that, um, that I, <laughs> one of the things that I share quite a lot is um, a book by Neil Donald Walsh called The Little Soul and the Sun, and it's about the little soul wanting to experience forgiveness he wants to experience forgiveness and the the other little soul says well i'll i'll come into a physical life with you and i'll um i'll do what's necessary for you to have to experience forgiveness and just remember that you know i absolutely love you and i'm prepared to do this but when i when i hurt you i want you to remember who i really am and you know this is something that um is very difficult for some people to grasp that we have these agreements that we're going to experience certain things and my my phrase is how can you learn forgiveness if you've nothing to forgive well that's exactly right um, Jan and, and Neil Donald Walsh is a, is a friend of mine, but I haven't on Facebook. But I haven't read that book. Mm, it's a children's book, actually, um, and, and, and you, you you can actually yeah, get if you search it, you'll you can read it online. Actually, it's not very long. Oh, it's a children's book, and I'm all mm. in for for educating our youth. That I mean, and that is the philosophy, and I've experienced that and overcome that because yes, I was awakened, but with this terrible karma that I was experiencing and my 
uh, and family who have been taught by their ancestors, remember, not understanding who I was, I, I had terrible resentment, uh, really, about my family. I mean, I, why are they being so nasty? Why are they being so nasty? And, and this has broken up a lot of family on the planet as units, is, is the family discord because of this understanding because people aren't understanding that they have chosen these families to teach, well, it's not even to teach, so they can learn to experience, let's take the word teacher, they've chosen these families and friends and situations so they can learn these new experiences. So when we actually grasp that in our consciousness, we don't blame these people. Because remember, we're one, so we all started off as one. And when we pass over this this uh, consciousness dimension um, onto the next stage, uh, it'll all be love, love, because there is only love. Mm. There is only love. And darkness is an absence of love. You know, yes. dark, we only... Darkness doesn't create. We create with darkness. And... There's a lot of darkness out there in the universe, right? And it's just sitting there, dark matter. It's just sitting there. But when you get our, con- our human consciousnesses involved, then we can create with that. It's like plasticine or Play-Doh. Mm. So it's a biggie. It's a huge one. Now, I am a member of a group, um, and it's a 12-step group, and uh, it's adult children of alcoholics' dysfunctional families. Now, I'm not saying my family's alcoholic, but I think every family is dysfunctional. And that's because humanity's been dysfunctional in this last... It has become dysfunctional in this last 26,000 years. So what the support that, that I'm able to give back to these people, they're all empaths, is, is understanding and taking responsibility for our own selves. That's the whole idea about it. So we're not blaming our parents. We're not blaming our ancestors. I'm like this because my dad did this. You know, I had a, a beautiful friend and teacher who said, Monique, if your parents put you on the toilet back to front, shame on them. But if you're still sitting on the toilet back to front, shame on you. <laughs> so, you know, and that really spoke to me because... We must take responsibility for ourselves. We, you know, we cannot, we've got to stop the blame game and we've got to stop the intolerance of another person's differences. Because uh, let's think logically again. You're coming to this wonderful blue planet where we get to, it's a lower vibration so that we can feel, touch, smell, make love, make babies. You know, all the nature around us, it's just full on. There's so much here for us. And and we want to do it. And, um, you know, I read some, well, no, actually, I channeled that, that in, in my darkest, hardest times that I'm saying, I'm never coming back here again. I'm never coming back here. And I was told, yes, you will. You will want to come back. It's so beautiful here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Um, you know, getting to our logic, 
we're, we're jumping into this planet. We've got to take responsibility for our experiences. We've got to own them. We've got to embody them. And when we embody them, we can release them. Once we own them, they're not in the dark. They're not inside of us. We're expressing them. We're opening ourselves up. And part of the groups that are around, they do that. They, 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 they are helping to support each person to take responsibility for who they are and what they are. And when they see the differences, the other hues of colour, you could say, who would want to come to a planet if they were all like, like you or like me? How boring would that be? You, you meet one Jan and you go, okay, I've met all the Jan. I've met everybody. <laughs> I've met one Monique. I've met everybody. And, and you know, absolutely. If we can, if we can, uh, if we can re-educate the youth because we've educated them, indoctrinated, as you say, but it's an education. We just each generation just keeps passing it down, passing it down, passing it down. Well, the awakened ones are saying, stop, stop, let's not do this anymore. Can't you see it's crazy? It's actually insanity. Like, logically, I mean, you know, that, that's not even high mind stuff. That's just looking with your eyes. Mm. Going, hang on a Logically, this is not working. Something has to change. So if we can change our own individual self, take responsibility for our past, whichever way, whatever our parents did, because we chose that experience. And I'm not even saying you have to go and do a big forgiving thing. Just take responsibility. The forgiveness comes with taking responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that, you know, I I talk to my clients about in terms of look look at the higher purpose of this and, and the concept that you've chosen this experience. And, you know, what you were saying about taking responsibility, I carried around a, a lot of um, victim uh, mentality uh, because of, you know, what I call the abandonment by my biological father when I was seven. And it, I, it was used as a justification, an excuse for not really doing what I was perfectly capable of doing. And that was a revelation to me in my, uh, it was when I was at university, so probably in my uh, late teens and uh, early 20s, that that re realization came to me. But it is, you know, be, it's because we've been taught that circumstances dictate to us rather than we create our circumstances. That, that's exactly right. It's just re repeat, repeat, repeat almost. But something that's just come to mind is, is that inner child, the inner child, Jen, that was abandoned. That in the day, there was, there was no time for that. There was no counsellors. There was no psychotherapists. Just move along, get over it deal with it now in the first part of the show i was saying all of that is locked in the body that pain from then is locked in the body until jen takes responsibility for it loves it because it is part of you jen i mean all of our dark side our shadow self is basically all of the things that we're ashamed of that that we've done that 
aren't acceptable in our eyes. And what we've done is we've pushed them down, we've pushed them down, but they haven't gone anywhere. They haven't gone anywhere. They've only just accumulated. Remember, everything's energy. They've accumulated as energy in the body. Now, I'm an energy healer, so I'm dealing with people's bodies. I am able to release this energy through the body. I need the client to, to work with me and, and be in, um, in a commitment to do this together. So to release that energy out of the body. It can be done in many ways. People that, that get upset and, and then want to go and exercise, you know, they run it off. But when we were children and through this family dysfunction that I talk about, humanity's dysfunction, really, um, we've got in our bodies locked energy. of And, and these things, nobody's saying, oh, oh we don't care. Like, these are really, we need to love ourselves. We need to love that wounded child that experienced those things. And, you know, my life wasn't half as bad as some of the lives, some of the children, you know, some of the things that the children are going through uh, because of our dysfunction, humanity's dysfunction. And, and we have a drug epidemic and kids aren't getting looked after. Um, we've got riots going on, um, violence, bullying, the racism. Um, religions are fighting, there's class distinctions. These are all judgments and they're all intolerances of each other. And, and this is where the spiritual work that I do, I'm aligning with the polarity and this is being ground crew. Like we can talk all this spiritual stuff, but we've got to get, get into action. We need to be into action. So I've been so fortunate, Jan, to come across um, a global group and I trust um, my angel guides and I waited and I worked on myself and I was very patient. I always knew that something was going to come um, of all of the work that I'd done uh, spiritually. So I've uh, connected with um, a group, uh, the Good Night Network, which I, uh, I mentioned before. Now, they've been, um, they're a dot org and they've been operating for 30 years now. Edward uh, Jager, he started uh, that dot org. And if you live in the States, I'm sure they'd know about it. I've seen television um, interviews and things with Edward. He was going around the schools and he was uh, educating our youth because it, it's got to start in our youth, Jane. Can you see that? Can you see? Oh, that yeah. Is, yeah, it's got to start in our youth. So we, we need to re-educate our youth so that the next generations are going to be able to uh, to carry this message on. And and in doing that, um, you know, we're going to be able to uh, change humanity and the planet for the better. So, you know, the negative programming that, that we need to rise above um, can only take place when we come together and we've got to repair all the tears that are in our social uh, fabric that we as humanity have created. So um, the Good Night Network's been operating 30 years, uh, going through the schools, they're, they're highly respected and uh, they've impacted the intolerance uh, through the awareness and also behaviour modification. So they've been teaching the children um, we call it stranger danger here in Australia. They've been teaching the children um, 
awareness of uh, predators. You know, because a child that, that comes across a predator or an experience like that, um, sexual abuse, um, I know you have a lot of children go missing in the States. Um, we have uh, human trafficking, apparently, is one of the biggest industries in the world, Jen. Yes. This has got to stop. This this really does have to stop because the next generation are wounded. Remember the little child that, that you and I had within us? Our children need to be cared for and looked after and loved and treated with respect. And this, this is how we're going to, to help to change all of this. You know, we've got to bridge our cultural barriers. Um, the Good Night Network, they were working through schools, they were inspiring bullies to, to, the, to, the, um, to become bodyguards. You know, the duality. We can mm. move from, from, from one side to the other and, and get that balance. It's all about balance on uh, this planet. So the, the success of what um, the Good Night Network have been doing in the last 30 years, they've uh, formed a foundation and it's called Global Talk. Now, it's launching a global effort to transform all these ingrained social beliefs. Um, and, and they're ignored and often encouraged. So intolerance can be ignored and encouraged in our social belief set, right? So what they're doing, they're going, they're going to have interactive um, exhibits. This is for the youth, in interactive exhibits. Now, these exhibits are going to in, uh, illustrate the ravages of what victimisation does, right? So they're going mm. to stir the emotions of the youth. And the responses, right, they're able to, to um, analyse the responses globally of, of the stirring of the emotions of the youth, right? So they're going to have also virtual gaming. And with virtual gaming, they can, you know, gaming is such a big thing with the youth. They've, they've all got their devices, mm. um, right? The, the duality is, is to be a hero, to be heroic. From a right. To a hero is a mm. beautiful, a, a beautiful way to change. So um, they've got data, multifaceted data um, collection, and they'll be able to monitor the social pulse worldwide. Very passionate. So this is being um, launched in connection with the 144,000. So we've got spiritual work going on, spiritual work, and then we've also got the groundwork going on. Okay, so we're here. We're going to inspire the youth to lead human rights movements they will they will lead the human rights movements and it won't be through violence and that will create the paradigm shift that a lot of light workers are talking about and it's what we want on the planet a paradigm shift from yes. duality to oneness balance unity the light and the dark mm. absolutely it's a unity it is a unity and and you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but we need to take responsibility first, right? So on Facebook, we've got uh, Project Atlantis, Project Atlantis. Now, this is a group that's formed, and 
you know, we've all, all, already got beautiful, committed light workers who know what they're, they're, they're here um, to volunteer, uh, being trained to um, in these these gifts that uh, humanity actually has, and we will be doing the spiritual work. Now, these dark forces that are on this planet, they need to be taken somewhere. They're not going to disappear. Nothing disappears. So through the spiritual work, and I don't want to get too out there with this, but if any any of the listeners believes that they're one of the 144,000 and are committed to being a volunteer, please go to Facebook, find the page Project Atlantis, and there you'll be trained. All, all you're required to do is buy one book from Amazon, on an ebook, two dollars, and then get the hard copy book. The hard copy book has been charged with electromagnetic energy, which is angelic energy of the highest form. Have you ever read a charged book before, Jen? I can't say I'm aware of having done. No, <laughs> I've read two charged books in my lifetime. It's when you read a book, and while you're reading it, your whole body is buzzing, and you're getting um, information downloads while you're reading the book. No? Wow. Mm. Yes. Oh, oh, it changes your life. These sort of books change your life. And this is why it's important that we keep paper books in circulation right. and people keep writing paper books because let's get back to nature. The, the paper comes from trees. If I'm holding an electronic device, what sort of energy am I tra tra transferring um, my hand, our hands, healers, we know this, that our hands emit electromagnetic energy, healing energy, light energy. This is why we really should eat with our hands. We need to touch our food with our hands. But what are we Interesting. Given? We're giving? We're given steel knives and forks straight up after we're two, three, and it shuts down our, our senses, our sensory perceptions our esp as it used to be called mm -hmm. um still is. it still is but but you don't hear that sort of said so there's so much that that a human being is capable of that we haven't been taught uh in our mainstream schools um and now it's all ready to be given freely um i don't know if we've got much time left but you know, there's many people out there saying that they're light workers, and and you know, I'm I'm observing this, and and uh, a lot aren't, a lot of charlatans, and I think in um, one of the, I think it's in the Bible even, uh, it, it it's spoken about these times, and beware of charlatans because people are out there asking exorbitant exorbitant amounts of money uh, to educate people, and really. The best, uh, the best money you could spend is going to somebody who teaches you how to do it for yourself. Because mm. there's no, there's no gurus left anymore. We are the gurus. Each human being has the power within their own selves to change and to learn and, and to heal. Once they open their consciousness up through meditation, quiet times, nature, music, there's many ways to open your consciousness up. 
but I'll tell you what it isn't. It isn't rushing around and it isn't adrenaline. It's enjoying the stillness. Mm. So we it's, have, it's actually slowing down. everything down, isn't it? It's slowing I, down. Yeah, I believe it is because there's no energy behind it. It's greed that's behind it. Everything is energy. So, if you know, for me to be in enlightened through modalities i tried that I, it's such a slow process my <clears throat> enlightenment which will happen in one lifetime buddha took so many lifetimes to become enlightened it can happen in one lifetime that's how that's where the energy is at these days so you, you would need to be running around doing courses all day every day to get any expansion of consciousness right but uh edward uh, Jager, he he has channeled the lost teachings from, from Atlantis because back then we knew we knew how to use what we were given the elements magic it's, it's magic um, he channeled them um, in August of 1988 and was told that he wasn't to uh, release them until now so uh, if you find yourself in Project Atlantis uh, yes, you'll be moulded. And yes, the dross will certainly come to the surface, but you will be gold after that. And you <laughs> will be in alignment with what your purpose was. Because when you're in alignment, that's when the law of attraction happens. Yes. I've studied law of attraction. I was one of the, the first hundred to get um, the secret, the DVD, the secret, because of, obviously she was Australian, um, Deborah. And... Um, it's taken a long time for me to understand this law of attraction, but we must be in alignment as a soul and as ourselves. Yeah, I always, um, you know, I do, I've had a fascination with this ever since I discovered the secret and I actually have a, I wrote a book, Empowered Manifestation, because, you know, to me, it's, it's a byproduct of, uh, the ascension process, the conscious evolution process. It's a spiritual power that it's not just about getting stuff, which is what, you know, it's, it's drawn in people that think, oh yeah, I'm just going to get more stuff by using the law of attraction. But you have to be evolved in order to be that, um, consistently successful manister, manifester of of positive and, um, as you say, alignment with purpose is is a really key factor in it. That's right. If I came here to learn uh, something and, and I'm wishing to have uh, $10 million houses and it had nothing, you know, they had nothing to do with what I, my purpose of coming here was, this is why we need to re-remember. We need to remember what our purpose is, our own purpose. And, and it's not hard. You know, there's people out there, there's charlatans out there charging big money uh, to, to show, show people what their purpose is. There's no way one other person knows another person's purpose. If we can teach them how to centre their selves through meditation, through charged books like When Angels Dream, a book of the North. This is uh, Edward uh, Jager's book, and it's been written by by Sophie West, right? It's hot off the press. 
Um, it, it's time. Now, we need, we need the 144,000 together. This year, there'll be some uh, things happening this year, and, and I don't want to put fear out there, but, but people are really going to know that the world's changing. We need to yes, step up. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, again, it's how you... Uh, I'm a big believer in if you create the the dimension that you're in (laughs) you know I often say well that doesn't apply to me because I'm not within that dimension I've kind of moved beyond it because I'm not dragged in through the fear and the um the drama and all of what's going on in that world that's creating these outcomes well that's true but you see in the beginning there was you know a lot of uh, light workers, when they were awakening, they thought we were all going to be transported to another Earth. Like <laughs> yeah. the new Earth that it, uh, Eckhart Tolle talks about is right here and right now. It will be new because our perspective will be new, right? So it's the same Earth, but our perspective will be new. So to say that you will not be touched by by anything that goes on on the planet you'll see it like you will i see the polarity i might not be involved in the polarity but i certainly see it i can't oh yes yes no i i agree it's it's about it's back to energy isn't it it's about what energy do you put into those situations that you are aware of and that you observe and whether that it's energy that actually contributes to their continuation and their um you know an increase in that or whether you you your awareness then shifts into a focus of what you desire to create rather than perpetuating unconsciously the continuation of that duality and the the trauma and the drama well all that's programmed isn't it so we we're needing reprogramming just like a computer Humanity's needing reprogramming, and and they're not happy. People aren't happy in this reprogramming, this uh, program set. So, yeah, I suggest to the to the to the ones that aren't called, um, you know, you want happiness. So seek out the best for your own self to find day to day, minute by minute, now to now moment happiness which is what I needed to do um, from from a very young age because I wasn't happy I didn't I, I used to say at school I've been dropped off at the wrong planet this is not my planet now <laughs> I laugh at my my child self because I've been in pain for 51 years on this planet and and I continually search well you know more information there's got to be Something, there's got to be something to take this pain, inner pain, inner unhappiness. And um, fortunately, going through the motions, I've done it in one lifetime. Not all souls will do it in this lifetime. But if they've got a better planet to come back to, to, to complete the process, because remember this age, the age of Aquarius, that is just dawning, just, just dawning, is... is uh, 26,000 years, um, it, you know, it's just the baby steps at the moment. However, we've got to find balance 
before all of our DNA can come online and all of these higher, higher gifts that we have um, stored within us to be activated. Does that make sense? Yes, like our, completely. Our clairvoyance, our clairaudience. I mean, this teleporting thing. We're all capable of doing that. We don't need ETs to teach us that. We, we are capable <laughs> of doing that, but not yet. Some, some that might be their calling to be able to do it now to show us what we're, compa we're capable of, right? I believe in my lifetime that I'm going to learn, um, you know, things that are going to blow my mind, and that's exactly what I asked when I was young. Surprise me. Divine <laughs> universe surprised me because I've seen it all before, and, and I did. I, I used to say nothing could surprise me, and I was sad about that, but, but I've, I've come, you know, I waited and waited and waited. I didn't kill myself. And uh, now I've, I've come, come to join a bunch of people that, that, oh, gosh, they're just love. They're pure hearts because these 144,000 are pure hearts. They, they are chosen. They're pure-hearted people. They may be wounded. There's no doubt about that on their walk through this life. Uh, they may be wounded, but, but their core is pure hearts. Really, if they can get it done, this is their last life, so to speak. They may choose to come back. But, uh, you know, well, there's so much more to say about the, the life and death cycle, you know, the roundabout that we've been on for 26,000 years. And, and we can't escape that until everybody, every human being finds enlightenment. Absolutely. And I think I'm going to have to have you on another show, uh, Mums, because here we are at the end of two hours. And I think I've still got a whole load of things on your list that we haven't even begun to talk about. So I'm firing, well, aren't I? I fire <laughs> when I start talking about this because this is the passion of my life. This is what makes my life worth living. And I just want to say to all the viewers, I am very passionate if I've used any words whatsoever of you must or you have to, I take them all back because I know we all have free will. Right. We, we do all have free will. It is a choice. I encourage you because I know as humans, everyone wants to be happy within. We don't want angst within. And, and there is a way. There is a path. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful path. And, and I promise you and guarantee you, that uh, it can be done. It can be done. There's no doubt about it. So if you're one of the 144,000, please contact me, Mons Hill, or on Facebook, or on Mons. You'll find me. You've only got to Google on Mons or Mons Hill. You'll find me. Wonderful. Well, and the Good Night Network. And the Good Night Network. I mean, you know, this is fascinating. I'd love to come on more and talk about that because it's just just starting to kick off the energy is just starting to roll so uh beware dark energy because uh we're booting you off this planet once and for all <laughs> okay well, well balance. thank you well, balance. thank you yeah <laughs> thank you so much mons for being on the show we are right up against the top of the hour so i'd like to thank you for sharing so much wonderful um information and your energy has been amazing so thank you everybody for listening uh this is jan moore signing off you can find me at www.thesuccessalchemist.net and i hope you'll be with me uh next week for another wonderful guest and thank you nancy for producing as always
Oh, back over to you. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Moore, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper.